The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemond Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lemond Williams. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemond Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Thank you for joining me for one for another week, the first week of October. 2013. We only have a couple more months before we wrap up this year. Seems like this year is blowing by pretty quickly here. As we prepare for the NFL Week 5, I want to kind of recap some games from Week 4, starting with the Houston Texans, a team I've been covering now for quite some time, uh, uh, about four and a half, five years. Uh, the Houston Texans are on a down spiral right now. They lost their home game against last Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks and it was just a, a tough battle it was an overtime uh, loss as well they lost 23 to 20 overtime field goal uh, kind of sealed the victory for the Seattle Seahawks and give them credit I uh, was able to move to 4-0 for the first time in franchise history able to fight their way back through it especially in the fourth quarter putting up 14 points uh, unanswered points at that. We're really 17 unanswered points if you include the field goal in overtime to sneak out of Reliance Stadium with that victory, 23-20. to And let's go ahead and start with the Houston Texans uh, before I move over to the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, every week we want the Texans want to get better. They want to improve. But it seems like the last two weeks, especially the last three weeks for quarterback Matt Schaub, He's found a way to throw the ball to the wrong person, a uh, wrong person on the opposite team, for return for interception, for pick six interception return, and I can bash Matt Schaub, you know, and talk bad about him. I'm pretty sure everybody's doing that all week. However, I'm gonna go a different route tonight, and I just felt this way as I was heading home and getting ready for this show tonight. You think about it in hindsight, Matt Schaub going to his what tenth season, uh, so he's definitely a veteran. Uh, a few positives for Matt is the fact that he's uh, poised, he's able to stay in the pocket, able to play action uh, quite well. He's very cerebral as far as understanding uh, systems and, and, and getting it done. Uh, some of the downsides to him is the fact that, let's face it, he chokes at times in big games. Uh, the last three games, he's thrown interceptions uh, to the opposite team. Uh, limited as far as uh, mobile, he can't, uh, once he's outside of the pocket, uh, it's a, he's limited to certain things uh, he can do. He's not your typical 
dual-threat quarterback like a lot of quarterbacks right now in the NFL. So kind of summing up, you know, Matt Schaub is the quarterback for the system and the offense of the Houston Texans. He has to be the quarterback right now. Gary Kubiak, the head coach for the Houston Texans, are stating that Matt Schaub is the go-to guy, is the guy for the offense. He's the only guy, despite having T.J. Yates, a proven winner, in my opinion, after taking the Texans to the playoffs and winning the first round a couple of years ago against Cincinnati. Matt Schaub is the guy that's going to fight his way through his struggles. I mean, offensively, um, they have a lot of weapons. They have Andre Johnson, rookie DeAndre Hopkins. you got Arian Foster. Ben Tate is right now leading the NFL in carries, yards per carry, or after carries. Um, and the list goes on and on. They have Owen Daniels at tight end. Matt Schaub is the key, one key factor that needs to bring his A game here on out. And it's not going to get easy for the Houston Texans as they, as they prepare for the San Francisco 49ers, which the team is trying to rebuild their confidence as well, winning two, two games, two of them, I mean, winning their last two games. And um, they won on the road last week against St. Louis on the last Thursday night Monday on a Thursday night game. So, again, going back to Matt Schaub, he is the key factor. Matt Schaub needs to find a way to um, simplify his thought process and his progressions. Uh, at times, it seems like he wants to make that extra throw, but he's he's limited to certain things he can do as a quarterback. Um, now, don't get me wrong; some of the plays as called. Uh, are conservative-driven, um, systematic, predictable plays by Gary Kubiak. Now, they can be a little bit more aggressive offensively. Uh, but for the most part, what I see on film and what I see at the games covering, Matt Schott relies a lot on his tight ends, Owen Daniels being one of them, the lead tight end for him. And Andre Johnson, you know, he's been his security blanket for uh, Matt Schott since he Matt Schott has come over as a free agent from the Atlanta Falcons. So if they can fix that going into this week, I think Matt Shaw miscues. Now, he's done some good things now. Don't get me wrong. It's not all negative. He's a guy that can get it done. His numbers, pull up his numbers real quick. His numbers from weekend was not that bad. Shaw finished with 355, two touchdowns. But the key factor is those two huge interceptions uh, late in the game, that one interception to Richard Sherman, that was returned for 58 yards for a touchdown to give the Seattle Seahawks team momentum and a boost uh, going into the or in the fourth quarter to lead them into the overtime to get the victory. Let me see here. Going to Seattle, what can we say about Seattle? I mean, what can we say wrong about Seattle? For the for the most part, defensively, they're they're solid. They're a team that comes out and play a physical, aggressive game. Their secondary is one of the best secondaries in the NFL. Right now, uh, led by Richard Sherman. Sherman is a guy that talks a lot, and he backs up with his play. Another good guy on the secondary, Errol Thomas. He's out of Texas, was able to come into Houston and get an interception and steal that victory for the Seahawks. But last but not least, I have a personal friend on that defense, uh, Cam Chancellor. He's a guy that grew up in my hometown in Norfolk, Virginia. Guy that attended my high school uh, and was a all-star football player, was able to go to Virginia Tech and continue his career, and now he's progressing to the NFL as one of the top safeties in the NFC West and a guy that can get it done each and every week. He's a leader in that secondary, physical safety as well, I mean, as well, at 6'4". Had a chance to catch up with 
Cam Chancellor after that roll victory, sneaking out of relying with that victory, 23-20 to over the Houston Texans. And I'm going to go ahead and get Matt to play that post-game interview for me right now. Cam, you guys was able to fought hard all day and was able to pull it out the end. Give me your overall view of the game. You know, I think it was a hard-fought game. Uh, I think they jumped out on us early, though. Uh, you know, they were successful with a lot of passes, and we were kind of undisciplined a little bit. Got out, a little bit out of whack, but I think that had to do with, you know, people just, you know, wanting to do do a lot more than uh, than their their uh, initial job. Yeah. But uh, I think when we rallied up, when we rallied together, came back our second half, you know, everybody said they're going to do their job and their job only. And my brother, I'm going to have your back. You know, it just played out like it's supposed to. You know, the, the better team uh, won at the end. What are some of the halftime adjustments y'all made? I know offensively the Texans got out to a fast start. They was wanting to be a little bit more balanced attack. But what are some of the things that you guys made a halftime adjustment defensively that helped you guys get that win? Uh, you know, I actually wasn't in here. I was getting the IV, okay. so, I mean, I really don't know what he said, but just knowing my defense coordinator and my team, I know he's he just probably telling us to, you know, just play your job. Don't do anything yeah. extra. You know, be disciplined. If you got this gap, stay in your gap. You know, just just be sound. And, uh, you know, whoever make the least mistakes will win. How huge was that interception return for a touchdown by Richard Sherman? Oh, that was big, man. It was played out uh, just like practice. You know, we, we uh, seen the same play in practice. We uh, Sherman got an interception in practice, ran the same way. And, you know, this guy, I think, kind of threw them off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And once he turned around, seen me in his face, he had nothing to do with throw it up there and get a sack. So, you know, I think it was a great call by our coordinator. You guys kind of rallied behind Brian. He went down. He's a guy from Texas A&M. He went down early, scary moment right before halftime. But it seems like you guys kind of didn't let that get y'all down. But what in return, kind of use that as motivation in the second half. Oh, yeah. You know, we we love each other like a brother. This whole team, man, we're so close that, uh, you know, when a guy goes down, you know, it means a lot to us. And uh, we told him we are going to fight for him till the, till this game is over. We're not going to quit. We're not going to back down. And everybody just, uh, just bought into it and, you know, fought for uh, Michael Bennett. Lastly here, you got to like the fact that you got Russell Wilson as a quarterback, the fact that he kept being persistent, even though he didn't have the typical Russell Wilson type of game, but he still was persistent in moving the offense down the field for that late field goal. Yeah, he does a good job of extending the ball, uh, extending the plays, and, uh, you know, making plays out of nothing sometimes. Sometimes you got to run around, run in circles, but, you know, he gets the job done. And uh, as long as you got a guy back there with that, that got the ball in his hands, he's a playmaker, I mean, you can't ask for nothing else. And we appreciate our own defense. Again, that's Seattle Seahawks strong safety Cam Chancellor had a chance to catch up with him post-game to do some interviewing in the locker room after they snuck into Houston to get that late overtime victory over the Texans, 23-20. to And kind of recap some of the things that Cam talked about. One is that he said it's a brotherhood. You could definitely tell it's a brotherhood on that team. Those guys fight uh, for each other. Those guys rally behind each other. Uh, You know, one of their players went down early in the game, right before halftime, Bryant. Uh, from Texas A&M, his first name escapes my mind right now, but he went down in the first half, right before halftime, and it was one of those quiet moments where the stadium got quiet. Everybody was on pins and needles because we didn't know if he was paralyzed or what. They brought the stretch out in the whole shebang. Um, but it, it comes to show you that it was only a strained back, lower back muscle, uh, nothing severe. So he actually came back to the game right before uh the overtime victory, and you can tell that kind of sparked Seattle in the second half. Uh, to me, in the first half, it was pretty much dominated and controlled by the Texans. Aggressively, the Texans' defense came out, matched the energy, and was aggr- aggressive at the point of attack, causing turnovers and fumbles. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, beast mode, he fumbled in the first half. Defensively, I thought J.J. Watt was coming after him. The defense line, Antonio Smith had a sack. Uh, along with J.J. Watt, 
Uh, offensively, it was a balanced attack from the Houston Texans. They was able to find the sweet spot in the zone, in the zone uh, with Andre Johnson out of play action. And it, that was the formula for the Houston Texans to be able to win this game at home. They had the crowd behind them. They was at, at halftime, I think it was 20 to, 20 to 3 or 20 to 6. But it's a guy that's on the Seattle Seahawks team named Russell Wilson. Man, this guy is going into his second season, or he's in his second season, and he's playing like he's a 10-year vet. Outstanding job there by Russell Wilson. One, he never gave up on himself. I, I saw him in the second half making plays. Cam Chancellor talked about it in the soundbite. Running around Ben Houdini. He was making plays by uh, extending the play, by getting away from the defense, allowing his receivers to get open for one more second to be able to move the ball down the chain. Uh, another thing that helped them out in the second half was the fact that their defense believed that they can come back and win this game. I mean, they was hit with with most of of not all the punches that the Texans, Houston Texans offense was going to hit them with in the first half. They was you know, sustained those. I mean, those blows from the Houston Texans offensively, but I thought in the defense, like Cam talked about in, in soundbite, they made some halftime adjustments. And a brotherhood just kicked in, and everybody said, I'm going to do my job. And definitely they did that in the second half, uh, forcing two more turnovers from the Texans as they finished up with three t- uh, turnovers. But that huge and key interception there by Richard Sherman for 58 yards in the fourth quarter gave them life and an opportunity to win that game and go 4-0 on the road. Well, 4-0 first time in the franchise history. And coming to Houston, still have that overtime victory, 23-20. to at Reliance Stadium. So it looks like it's time for me to wrap up this first segment, fast-paced first segment at that. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this first segment there. We'll come back. We'll go around the league, go around the NFL, and recap a lot of the other games as well. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. What an outstanding first segment I had recapping the Houston Texans' loss at home versus the Seattle Seahawks in overtime, 23-20. to Had a chance to catch up with a good friend of mine from my hometown out of Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, also a more high, more high school alum, Commodores, uh, grad and, and football player, went to Virginia Tech and succeeded there and became a Seattle Seahawks. Talk about Cam Chancellor. Had a chance to play his soundbite from the postgame victory against the Houston Texans. Now we're in segment number two. I'm going to go around the NFL. I'm going to go ahead and donate and dedicate this segment to the undefeated uh, segment because right now the three teams I'm going to talk about and break down are, are, are the only, well, not the only undefeated team or teams, uh, but there are teams right now that are undefeated, 4-0 in the NFL, starting with the team down the road, down I-10, the New Orleans Saints played in Monday Night Football against the now 3-1 and Miami Dolphins. Now, both teams come into the game 4-0, setting the table here. Monday Night Football, primetime game. A lot of people want to see if the Miami Dolphins are for real. I mean, they're a team that, what, you know, Tannehill now in his second year, uh, Mike Sherman, the offensive coordinator. Is the Miami Dolphins for real? They're a team that just got some luck early on in the season with the much-improved defense going against a high-powered offense, high-octane offense in the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees reuniting with his head coach uh, this season, Sean Payton. So a lot of things was on the line going into Monday Night Football. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a guy that really likes high-octane, fast-paced offense. And if you didn't see the New Orleans Saints on Monday night, you missed a spectacular show far as passing the ball with Drew Brees and the relationship between the quarterback and the coach, being on the same page, coach calling the play, quarterback going out there executing it as far as Drew Brees. Some of the numbers Drew Brees put up on Monday Night Football, listen to this, 413 yards passing with four touchdowns. I'm going to say that again, 413 yards and four touchdowns. That means Drew Brees brought his A game. I mean, it's nowhere around it. He dissected the Miami Dolphins defense. He was able to... Feed off that energy at home, and you know they was rocking at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. That place get loud, and they want to party <laughs> from the beginning to the end. Drew Brees did an outstanding job by picking apart of the Miami Dolphins defense at home. You got to talk about Sproles. Sproles is a guy, a smaller back. It's not the typical size back, but what he brings to the game and the impact that he brings to the game is outstanding. He's a guy that can run between the line of scrimmage. He can run between holes and, and run down the middle with a small statue. He can have behind, he can hide behind offensive linemen. But where he's more effective to me and what I saw on Monday Night Football was out in the flats. Give him the ball early and often. Allow him to get in space to make plays. Seven receptions for 114 yards 10, and one touchdown was Excellent for the New Orleans Saints. It plays right into the hands of what they want to do offensively because they have Graham as tight end, at tight end, which uh, scored a touchdown as well as a receiver. He had four receptions. Well, let me take that back. He had 
two touchdowns uh, on Monday Night Football. I'm talking about Graham, the tight end. He had four receptions for 100 yards. So Sproles was able to get the ball in the flats, be able to make plays in space, which allowed Graham to be able to run down the seams or play one-on-one or be in man coverage against the Miami Dolphins. Now, I got to be honest with you, Tannehill was kind of, you know, a little off. Ryan Tannehill was a little off. He had 249, one touchdown. However, he called up three interceptions and was sacked four times. Anytime you play in the Superdome, it's going to be loud. So if you give up three interceptions at home, on the road, you're doomed to fail. I mean, there's no way around it. Playing against a must-improve uh, Ryan's-led defense, you know, it just felt like the Saints was in sync offensively and defensively. They was everywhere, moving around, making plays, bringing pressure defensively against uh, the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, it just they wanted it to attack them defensively early and offensively. I mean, it seemed like on both sides of the coin, they was able to be effective by doing that. And you got to tip your head off to them. Off to an excellent start there, New Orleans Saints. Who that? The Who That Nation is up and running right now as the New Orleans Saints is 4-0. I want to say that's their first time in franchise history. Uh, I, I'm not going to go out there on the limb and say that right now because I don't have it in front of me. But I, I thought I read something or I saw something where it was the first time in franchise history where Mr. Drew Brees, right there, they said they called, they quoted him as Mr. Monday Night because he's likes out on Monday Night Football. He's something about those primetime lights that Drew Brees steps up, finishing the game with 413 yards and four touchdowns. Outstanding job there. All right, let's go ahead and, as I said earlier, this is the undefeated second segment as we go around the league. And the second undefeated team I want to talk about that really – for the most part, in the offseason, got a lot of negative publicity, but really show, showing us that they come to work each and every night or each and every Sunday or Thursday night or Monday night or Sunday night. It depends on when they play. And this game was actually a Sunday night football game. I'm talking about the New England Patriots, 4-0, versus the Atlanta Falcons. Now, starting with the negative first. I've got to start with the negative first. Starting with the Falcons. They're 1-3, 1-1 at home. Uh, are we? If you go by the record, you'll say this is a team that's underachieving. But in my opinion, I really believe that their team in progress. That you know, if it was week sixteen, uh, they'd be a lot better than what they are right now going into week five. I'm talking about the Atlanta Falcons. I believe in Matt Ryan. Uh, uh, Ryan is a guy that shows me that he's a leader. Shows me that he can rally his guys and and, and get and get things going. But right now they're struggling. I mean, uh, I mean, I can't put my finger on it. Why? But Matt Ryan, Ronnie White, Tony Gonzalez, you know, they have offensive weapons. They need to find a way to get it done. I mean, <clears throat> there's no way around it. They got to get it done. They got to get it done offensively. And to me, the key is they're running game. Having a balanced attack for the Atlanta Falcons will make them more dangerous as a team compared to what they were, I mean, compared to now when they're just a one-dimensional pass-happy team. I mean, Atlanta, when they bring balance to the table, you're a team that can, you know, be effective each and every Sunday. Matt Ryan needs to get that team going. It starts with Matt Ryan. All right, let's go to the 4-0 New England Patriots. What can we say about Tom Brady? I mean, I'm pretty sure if you line myself out there and with my producer Matt out there, we'll get it done. I mean, as long as you 
Tom Brady is at quarterback and he's he's leading the charge. It seems like you can just plug guys in, and he finds a way to be outstanding, either at home or on the road. So his numbers from over Sunday Night Football. Listen to this. He was twenty for thirty-one, three hundred and sixteen yards, two touchdowns, but most important, zero interceptions. I'm talking about zero interceptions in the Georgia Dome, a place that's you know I say at the Superdome or the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is loud. Don't forget about the Georgia Dome. That place is it's an older facility, but they can get going. Um, you have zero interceptions, but zero sacks. He didn't get sacked at all. Credit to his offensive line. So that means that the offensive line was on their A game, and Tom Brady did an outstanding job by getting the ball out of his hands, you know, early and often, not really holding the ball as much, and, and, and just showing showing what he can do. I mean, he's a guy that if you give him enough time, he'll pick apart your defense. I mean, there's only a handful of guys in the league. You got Drew Brees. We talked about. I just talked about him just a minute ago. You have Tom Brady, and you have Peyton Manning. I mean, those are the top three guys that will pick apart a defense if you allow him, allow them enough time to do that. Uh, Tom Brady, mm, it's, you know, is he playing at an MVP-type level right now? It would be hard to say with Peyton Manning out there on the West Coast and Denver doing his, his thing as well. But for what has been said and what has been read or printed and, and reported, from all all season about their Aaron Hernandez situation and everything that's going on in New England and and a lot of the publicity that they was getting ah it doesn't seem like it affected the two most important people Tom Brady and and the head coach it just seems like they are on the same page it's like long as those two guys are focused uh, everything else will work out and Bill Belichick seems like he he knows what he's doing it's obvious that you know on the road. Uh, winning that, that big game on Sunday night football against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, a struggling Atlanta Falcons. You know, they're one and three. Uh, until they get things turned around, then we'll talk about them in a better light. But right now they're one and three. They need to get things going. The Dirty Birds need to find a way to get it going. Let's go, Matt Ryan. All right, finishing up with a surprising 4-0 team. Surprising 4-0 team. I'm talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. If you don't know by now, they're rolling. They're rolling offensively. They're rolling defensively. They believe in themselves. The Kansas City Chiefs are 4-0. Most important, they're a tough team at home. Anytime you go to Kansas City, I don't care if it's early in the season, especially late in the football season when it gets cold and chilly, Kansas City is a tough place to play. Arrowhead Stadium, Stadium is a tough place to play. Now that they have an organization that's buying into what Andy Reid wants to do, now they have a quarterback that can facilitate, facilitate, facilitate that and Alex Smith gives them the opportunity to be successful, give them the opportunity to compete each and every Sunday. The New York football giants, I don't even think they showed up this season. Well, it was obvious with their record. I mean, 0-4, most important, they 0-3 on the road. I mean, they need to find a way to play more games at home because they're not getting it done. I mean, can we just say, you know, stick a fork in them early? I don't want to say that just yet because Eli Manning, he's a guy that can at least – find a way to be competitive. Um, in the NFC East, it's not impressive. That conference right now is, is up and down. One of the Cowboys are winning that conference, and that's by default. That's because other, everybody else is losing with the Redskins, the Eagles, and and the New York football giants are losing. But this segment and this part right here before we wrap up is dedicated to the Kansas City Chiefs. 
kudos to them. They're a team that want to get going. Uh, last couple of years, there's been the doormat in the AFC West. Um, and for me to see them improve within the first four weeks means that Andy Reid is an outstanding coach. I mean, believe, don't believe the hype. Don't believe what you heard coming out of Philly. He can let go. Uh, you know, he ran out of Philadelphia. But Andy Reid knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach grown men. He knows how to coach a team and get them rally up. And right now, Alex Smith is a guy that's leading the charge. Uh, looking at some of the stats real quick before we wrap up this segment. Now, Smith had 22, I mean, 24 for 41 for 288 yards, three touchdowns. Eh, give or take, he can't keep coughing up interceptions for two, but they got a victory. Uh, Jamal Charles, here's a guy out of University of Texas. Uh, you know, he can get it done. I mean, he here's another <laughs> – in the offseason, every time I saw Jamal Charles on TV, he was excited the fact that Andy Reid was there because he thought that his numbers was going to increase as a rusher. And he can get it done. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jamal Charles is a guy that's been under the radar for a while due to the fact that the Chiefs was not as good the last couple seasons. But i tell you one thing. You could continue to feed the ball to Jamal Charles, and they continue to win like they're winning, and they believe in Ed, I mean, Andy Reid's system. He might be playing at a Pro Bowl, or he might be playing in the Pro Bowl later this season. Another thing that jumped out to me is the, the, the time of possession. Yeah, that's a stat that's overlooked quite often, but for me, that, that's key because if you're controlling the clock, you're controlling the momentum. It means you're controlling the momentum. You're controlling the, the, the outcome of the game at that current moment. Well, Kansas City did exactly that at home. Uh, time of possession, they had 35 minutes to the Giants, 24. So that means that their offense was able to sustain drives, move the ball down the field, but at the same time chip away at the clock and keep that uh, New York Giants defense on the field and then that offense off the field, Eli Manning that offense off the field. So that kind of sums up and wrap up my undefeated second segment there. It looks like I'm running over some time here too. So let me shut up and pay some bills. And when we come back, hopefully George, calls in from school, and I want to kind of get his thoughts on the Houston Texans as well as preview some games that start Thursday night. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave Mont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. 
every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to Lemont Williams Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. It's that time, everyone, where George, better known as G-Man, calls in from school, and he's on the line with us right now. So, George, uh, how's it going, man? How was class tonight? Doing good, man. The class was great. I'm ready to talk some sports. we got a lot to talk about, these uh, phony Texans. <laughs> so uh, I'm ready, ready to talk some sports. All right, since you set the table with the phony Texans, let's go ahead and give me your your original thoughts on that Texans loss at home, 23-20 to in overtime. I think that the Texans were very promising at the beginning of the game. It's crazy how they came out with such intensity and such focus. It really looked like the team that we've been accustomed to seeing in the past um, last year in the beginning of the season when they went 11-0. and um, And then for them to lay the egg that they laid in the uh, the second half is just a shame. That's why I call them phonies because we haven't really seen the real Texans team this whole season and they're kind of MIA it's it's one of those things that a lot of people are looking to see is this squad the true squad that everyone expects them to be their talent on on the on the uh, on the roster is definitely good enough to be a contender in the AFC but with the way that they're playing right now they got to get their stuff together no there's no question they need to get their stuff together starting right now as they prepare to go to San Francisco to play the 49ers and we'll preview that game uh, in the next segment. But uh wanted to know, were you that guy out there burning that jersey in the parking lot? I saw uh, <laughs> Matt Schaub's jersey was being burnt in the in the parking lot as they lost in overtime. But uh, speaking of Schaub, man, he, he's having some tough luck right now with those three picks and three games in a row return for touchdowns. Well, he's not, he's not joining too bad a company. You know, Peyton Manning is a guy who's throwing three picks for six points in three games in a row. So, that's not bad company to be with, and when you look at a guy like that who can turn it turn it around, uh, you hope Matt Schaub can one day become that. But I really don't see that happening. I think that Matt Schaub, he he can turn it around to a point where he's going to be a mediocre quarterback. But I really don't see him being an elite quarterback like Peyton Manning. I think this is the only class that he'll be in Peyton Manning with uh, for the rest of his career. But at the end of the day, a lot of the onus has been put on Matt Schaub. But really, it's not only him. You look at the I know you don't want to really talk about the defense because they have been so stellar, but they did give up a 90-yard drive. Then you mm-hmm. look at um, Andre Johnson dropping a pass on a key third down that could have sealed the game. Um, and then you have to look at the play calling on that particular play as well. Gary Kubiak came out after the game and, and proclaimed that he knew that that was the wrong play to call. He should have ran the ball. 
which at the end of the day, when you have a great quarterback like Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, you don't you don't care. You're going to put the ball in their hands. But when you have somebody like Matt Schaub, it's kind of like that saying goes: you got to know what you have and you got to work with it. So he knows he has Matt Schaub, and he can't put Matt Schaub in that situation. Um, so at the end of the day, there's a lot of onus that can be put on other people. Matt Schaub is getting the blunt of it because it's been quote unquote his fault for the past three weeks. Yeah, it's been his fault for the last three weeks, and he's the guy that's leading the offense. I talked about his ability not to be mobile outside of the pocket and be a, more of a dual-third quarterback and being predictable uh, hurts him as a quarterback right now in the season. But offensively, like you stated, they have multiple weapons. Uh, I was kind of disappointed they didn't have a lot of – didn't show a lot of – or give a lot of touches to DeAndre Hopkins. I thought he that was necessary to get him involved early with Andre Johnson. Could have been a one-two punch. But um, defensively, I thought they stepped up in the first half but let it down in the second half. It's obvious you said that 90-yard uh, drive hurt them. But I want to get your thoughts. How concerned are you about Brian Cushing now being bitten by the uh, concussion bug and possibility he might play he might not play going into Sunday night's football game? I think it has to be concerning when you look at the fact that Russell Russell Wilson wasn't able to rush around the way that he was able to after Brian Cushing got out of the game. When Brian Cushing was in the game, he had Russell Wilson on lock, and there was nothing that that guy could do to scramble out of the the backfield or anything. I believe he had three yards rushing before Brian Cushing came out of the game and somewhere up above 90 afterwards. So you look at a guy who, who really turned the burners on after Brian Cushing left, and you're going into this week against the San Francisco 49ers team who has a quarterback who's faster than Russell Wilson and who actually can get out of the pocket and produce a lot more. Um, the 49ers have kind of gone away from their read option, but I think that if they look at the film from last week and they really break it down, if Brian Cushing is not playing, you're going to see a lot more read option in the San Francisco game. Okay. Well, going to the opposite side of the ball, I know we don't want to be heavy on just the Texans, but what – makes Russell Wilson so special as a quarterback. The fact that he was able to fight through the struggles through the first half but look a lot better in the second half getting that victory. Yeah, you always want to want that resilience in your quarterback and Russell Wilson is a guy who who really lives by that that phrase that that you're going to go out there and you're going to take it one play at a time, one down at a time and that's how he's really played this game. He took it one half at a time this past uh this past weekend. He went out there the first half, really didn't do too much, and really turned it on after after that and uh, and, and gave his, his team a big chance to win. I think Russell Wilson is a quarterback out of these young quarterbacks who's really going to succeed in this league because the type of offense that they're running is not really putting him in too much danger of being injured. And at the same time, it's, it's honing in on all of his abilities. So Russell Wilson is going to be a big threat um, in the coming years. And I think right now the two best quarterbacks in the NFC – um, well, three best, I guess, will be Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and uh, Russell Wilson. Those are the three best in the what? NFC right now. Yeah, three, three best. Oh my! You said those are the three best quarterbacks in the league right now in the NFC. Oh, and then, oh, okay. Whew! I had me nervous, <laughs> man. I was about to say, and then I was like, man, trying to be yeah, no nah, NFC because be there, there's a lot better quarterbacks throughout the league. I mean, you got Peyton Manning. You can't really say, yeah, okay. you know, you can't leave him off the list. He's one of the best right now. If not the best in the league right now, one of the best of all time. He's been having a phenomenal season as well. Uh, Peyton Manning. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a machine. Manning is definitely a machine. Um, um, George, want to get your uh, – now, you know, now that we see what we saw on Sunday from the Texans game and the Seahawks, Seahawks – I mean, the Seattle Seahawks game, uh, Richard Sherman, I mean, he's been publicized as a big-mouth trash talker. But every time you look, he makes plays, man. He steps up and he does his thing. Returning that that interception for fifty eight yards for a touchdown. I mean, give me some give me some feedback on Richard Sherman. I guess I guess it's been a segment of cliches for me because Richard Sherman lives by the motto "walk the walk and talk the talk." You know, he he <laughs> he really goes out there and he puts his money where his mouth is, and each each week he goes out there and he plays to the best of his ability, and he makes huge plays for his defensive unit. And if you look at Richard Sherman. If we could get, uh, I mean, if the Texans could get some of their cornerbacks to perform the way that he is right now, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for this Texans team. Uh, but Richard Sherman, he's a phenomenal player. He's a he's a big guy for his for his position group. You normally don't see six foot three cornerbacks, and so uh, it, it's a really uh, a great thing to be able to watch him out there on the field, and, and for him to just be able to key on that route. And um, they say that it's something that they practiced all week in, uh, in practice, the Seahawks did, um, that play-action boot. So when, uh, when you see Sherman pick that off and take it to the house, that really shows you that his work ethic is there because he's studying the film, he knows what's coming, when it's coming, and he's really doing what he's supposed to do as a cornerback and, and solidifying that defense for, for the Seattle Seahawks. And there's also given an opportunity to talk trash each and every Sunday as he get, goes into the games because I, I definitely was drawing with him, uh, you know, a friendly drawing with him um, early in, in pregame. And um, uh, he, he definitely loves to talk trash, and he can back it up on the field. They're secondary, man. I mean, the Legion of Boom. I mean, he definitely was laying the boom on the Texans. How impressed were you to see, I mean, to see that type of style of play from a secondary that's not your typical secondary. I mean, you got guys like Cam Chancellor, 6'4", Earl Thomas. He's on the smaller side, but you got guys back there. You talk about Sherman, 6'3", 6'4". I mean, there's some pretty good big corners and safeties. Oh, yeah, and it's it's crazy when you look at it, the the stature of their corners. It's really just it, – it's the perfect – the perfect uh, name for them is the Legion of Boom because they're going to lay the hat on you and, and they're going to make sure that each time they come, they're bringing it all. And, and they're big guys for these positions, and you don't normally see that. And I think that's what's so unorthodox, and that's what makes their defense so good because cornerbacks cornerbacks aren't normally that tall or that big, so quarterbacks really have to watch out when they play against them. Yeah, you definitely have to watch out, I mean, from a size standpoint. Uh, one more thing. I know we got less than a minute. Real quick. You, were you impressed with uh, uh, Beast Mode? I know uh, my first time seeing him in, in quite some time live, but uh, you had to be impressed with what you saw out of Beast Mode. Oh, my God. Marshawn Lynch is a beast, and they give him some Skittles. He's going all day, and he, he's, he hit that sideline on that one play, and he had to have broken about 50 or 60 tackles before they mm-hmm. could take him down. This guy is crazy, and then, he, he really puts it all out there on the line. I, I, I'm impressed when I see runners like that because he's running with all of his heart and he's making sure that he puts it all out there on the field. That's a guy who you can never question his work ethic or, or his ability because he shows you what he has every single time he goes out there. Yeah, he's definitely an intense player. He comes and brings 
that 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 bike in Rydell. That's the helmets and shoulder pads. Every time, you better make sure you sh- you wrap him up and make a sure tackle because he's going to definitely bring it each and every time uh, he runs the ball. But uh, George, good stuff, man. Glad to have you on the show. Let's go ahead and break. And when we come back from the break, we'll preview week eight. I mean week eight. I wish it was week eight. Week five <laughs> of the NFL next on Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams on the Voice America Sports Network. flagship station for sports voice america sports get ready to talk sports with the big guys tune in to lockdown coverage with keith lewis every tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team the players and what's next it's time to have fun with the game Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle. Lemont Williams on the Voice American Sports Network. We enter segment number four, four, four. As we continue our talk on the NFL, we're about to start previewing the week five NFL games. So, George, are you ready? Oh, yeah, I've been ready. All right, let's start with the Thursday night game. The Buffalo Bills travel to Cleveland. They're, well, red hot Cleveland right now. They won the last two in a row. Two? Yeah, they won the last two in a row. Cleveland Browns. So, uh, who do you think will win this game, George, and why? I think the the Cleveland Browns are going to take this one, I think, because Buffalo's running game is taking a big hit with C.J. Spiller and and, uh, and, and Fred Jackson or Steve Jackson uh, being injured. It, it's one of those things that they, they – that was who they leaned on. That's their, their running game was their main their main focus. And, and Brian Hoyer has really come out and become this, this quarterback that, that nobody expected him to be. So I think that the Browns continue to roll, and I think that they take this one – um, on Thursday night. Yeah, let's set the table for, for real quick for the Browns, for a team that traded their top draft pick and 
last year in Trent Richardson. Everyone wrote him off as a team that was pretty much doomed to fail. We didn't know what their game plan would be. Only the guys in the locker room figured that out as they won two straight games uh, and, and built some confidence within that organization. Cleveland, Cleveland at home is always a tough team, regardless uh, of the week. Uh, Buffalo, uh, with the rookie quarterback, I'm with you. I'm going to go with Cleveland on this one. All right, we have the New Orleans Saints, 4-0, Sunday game, going against the Chicago Bears at home, a really good team, Chicago team this year. Who do you think will win that game and why? You're not lying that the Chicago Bears are a really good team this year, but the Saints are a better team, and, and I think that the Saints are going to continue rolling. They'll be 5-0 and after this week. I think you, anytime you have Drew Brees, Jimmy Graham, and Darren Sproles on one side of the ball, you can't vote against that. So I think that the Saints continue to roll and, and that who that nation can continue to cheer because they'll be 5-0 and after this week. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I, I'm going to just go on the limb on this one. I think the Bears is a tougher team at home. Jake Cutler, with his new coach, is playing outstanding. He's found his confidence back like his old days in Denver. Uh, if there's any game that the Saints is going to drop, I think it's going to be a road game. It might be this game against the Bears. The Saints, uh, we know, I talked about them pretty much in the second segment, high-octane, high-power, fast-paced offense. But the Bears, I mean, you don't know what the weather's going to be like there at Soldier Field. I'm not saying that's going to be the key factor, but what I'm saying is that Jake Cutler, that offense, they coming off a loss against Detroit last week. I'm going to roll the dice and go with the Bears. The Bears. All right, George, New England. 4-0, that's the only reason why I mentioned it, because they're playing against a – Believe it or not, a really good Cincinnati Bengals team at Paul Brown Stadium. Who do you think will win this game and why? I think that the Cincinnati Bengals come and go as uh, their quarterback goes. Um, I think that it's it's a big deal that they really need to get uh, Andy Dalton comfortable. And if they can do that, this is going to be a really uh, a really key game for them. I think that the Vince Wilfork hit is a lot more than uh, what people are really making it out to be. Vince Wilfork is a great lineman in this league, uh, defensive lineman in this league. He really could clog the center and, and uh, plug plug that hole right there in the middle. And and with him not being that stout anchor on that defensive line, I think that the Patriots may struggle a little bit because their pass rush won't be as effective, their run stop won't be as effective. And that's going to put a lot more pressure on Akeem Tlaib and, and the rest of those corners. So I think that Cincinnati surprises the Patriots who have – not really played anyone significant up to this point, and I think they take one from the Patriots this weekend. Okay. You got Patriots winning that. Is it Cincinnati taking that from the Patriots? I'm going to make sure I heard you correctly. Yeah, I got Cincinnati taking that one from the Patriots. Wow. Wow. I'm going to go against the grain on this one, man. I'm going with the with the Patriots, man. I think they're, they're for real, and uh, they'll find a way to squeeze it out against uh, Cincinnati at home. Let's jump down here. We got about about three minutes before we wrap up the show. Three or four minutes. Uh, real quick, who do you think? Detroit, Green Bay, why? I think Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is a beast, and uh, he's going to continue to roll. They're coming off of a bye week, so look at a well-rested team, and they're coming to a Lions defense and a Lions uh, team who's – a decent team, but they're not as good as Green Bay. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is one of the best gunslingers in the league, and uh, 
he's going to sling that ball around, and, and there's not going to be any way for the Detroit Lions to stop that. Yeah, I agree. Green Bay win that one. The Legion of Boom, Seattle comes back on the road again and play the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck, who do you think will win that game and why? <clears throat> to me, this is the key game of the week. I think that this is one of the best games that's going to be out there this week. Uh, you look at a stout defense against an Andrew Luck run offense. It's just going to be a great game to watch all together. I still think that Seattle is one of the best teams in the league. That's one of the top four teams in the league. So I think they take it from uh, the Colts. But don't think the Colts are any pushovers in this game. You look at a Texans team who came out 20-3 to in the first half against the Seahawks, and you got a, a better offense in, in Indianapolis uh, when they're clicking on all cylinders. So you may be looking at an upset alert, but I'm still going to take the Seahawks because those boys have been running all year long. All right, okay. I go with the Colts at home. They'll, they'll win that one at home. Uh, give the Seahawks the first loss of the season. Let's jump down here and go ahead and jump into the Sunday night football game against the Houston Texans goes on the road and play the San Francisco 49ers. Who do you think will win this game and why? It depends on what Matt Schaub comes out for that game. I don't know if the Matt Schaub from the first 11 games of last season is going to come out or if the Matt Schaub from the first four games of this season is going to come out. But at the end of the day, it all depends on how Matt Schaub does. I think that that is how how much importance has to be put on our on the quarterback position here. Um, I think that at the end of the day, the, uh, the Texans can come out with the victory, but they're going to have to play a big game at Candlestick and 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 really show show the the world what they can be. I I I'm going to take back my pick. I think I'm going to go with the 49ers. The reason why <laughs> is because the Texans have never come up big on a national stage and they're not playing well right now. So I, I know that people in Houston are going to hate on me for this, but I'm taking the 49ers. Oh, man, you got to live with your pick, man. Don't worry about what everybody else is thinking. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go, uh, uh, Texans, 49ers, 49ers, Texans. I go with San Francisco. I mean, Texans got a lot of stuff to work on, and it starts at the QB spot. We didn't beat that drum all day within this hour about the Texans. Um yeah, I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers. All right, George, finishing off Monday Night Football, the Jets. The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And their rookie quarterback, oh, hopefully if he's playing on Monday night, if he's not benched against the Atlanta Falcons, who do you think win this game? I think you have to go with Atlanta. Atlanta's just a better all-around team. The Jets have too many questions in the running game, too many questions at quarterback, and the Atlanta Falcons are, are just a team who – who's right on the cusp of being great. And I think that uh, they're going to pull this one out in, on Monday night, and I think that you really can't go against them when they're playing the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, I, I overlooked this game. I want to get – well, I got Atlanta win over the Jets. I overlooked this game. I really thought this was the marquee game for the late game. So that's the Denver Broncos going on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Who do you think will win that game and why? Denver continues to roll. Peyton Manning is is – on a Hall of Fame streak, a season record-breaking streak. He's not throwing any interceptions so far, and I think that you have to go with Peyton Manning and his ability to uh, to manage that, that ball club. Um, he's just a field general, and I think that if you go against Peyton Manning, you're crazy. So I think Peyton Manning and the Broncos continue to roll, 
and uh, Dallas Dallas really goes back back to uh, Dallas with their their tail stuck between their legs. Well, it's in Dallas, so I think Dallas will just don't have that far. Well, to yeah, go. remain in Dallas, yeah. Oh yeah, they just have to go to the locker room, that nice stadium they have. <laughs> <laughs> you never they know what three plays on that big scoreboard, the, the second largest in the world. Yeah, second largest. All right, well, that's how we're gonna do it there. Sum that up. Wrap up the show. We're gonna give Dallas that L as Denver, the battle of the D's. Denver versus Dallas. Denver wins over Dallas at home. I'm picking them as well. We've got to mention Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, and the Redskins are on by week, uh, off week uh, this weekend. All right, George, I want to wrap up the show. I want to thank you for coming on, man. I know you had a long day with school, and but uh, you found some time to call into the show and bring some knowledge. Yeah, no problem, man. I, one more thing. I have a question for you. Did right. you hear about that, that burger that was at the restaurant here in Houston? Yeah, the discount burger or the uh, something about Matt Shaw burger. Yeah, it's called the Matt Shaw burger. They said you get to pick six items to go on your burger. I thought that was really disrespectful. I think uh, Houston's got to slow down on this Matt Shaw bashing, but pretty catchy for advertisement. <laughs> yeah, it is catchy. I mean, one man's uh, what they say was that one man's trash, another man's treasure. Yes, hey, sir. They're right there, Texas are having a bad, bad. Uh, um, kind of what bad go right now at the quarterback position where that restaurant is capitalizing on it with the advertising and the uh, the burger deal. But uh, all in all, it's all in fun. That's why they play the game. I mean, that's why Matt Shaw get paid the money he get paid so he can take criticism and stuff like this. So, uh, George, again, thank you for coming on to the show, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. I, I'll talk to you guys again next week. All right, I want to thank everyone out there also for listening to the show Outside the Huddle. We'll leave Mike Williams. Until we meet again next week, have a blessed week. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.